Hey guys, I uh, just wanted to address some things super quickly. Uh, basically, Saint Maud has a rape scene as well as uh, scenes of self-harm. And we do discuss those openly in this episode. We don't get into graphic detail over the scenes, of course. Um, but they happen in the movie. So if you were interested in watching the movie for yourself, uh, I just wanted to let you know that ahead of time, I know that some people could find them hard to watch and that some people just straight up don't want to watch those things. So just want to let you know ahead of time, of course. As well, this is a John episode. So again, we're trying to differentiate John episodes versus Gavin episodes by John and I watching more artsy serious more so films uh and then try to provide more analytical takes and gavin and i will watch not so serious movies and kind of just like live react to them scene by scene right make fun of them if needed etc etc i think we did a lot better this time around than we did with possessor i think we've said some actually intelligent things this time around but you know let me know what you think uh with that out of the way, just your friendly reminder, leave us five stars if you like the show. Uh, leave a review if you really like the show. You can reach out to us, suggest us movies to discuss in the future at bloodysporkpod at gmail.com. I will be sure to put that in the episode description. Um, I do reference an article in this, and I will be sure to link that in the description as well. I'm saying this as a reminder to myself. Um, with that being said enjoy the episode i think it's a good one this might be this might just be my favorite one so far i don't know malignant's always gonna stand out because it's our first one but mm, this is a close second if not honestly first uh i think that's all for me so yeah enjoy our review of saint Maud. and we're recording yeah and it's live you don't say and there's lean on deck you know yeah there's lean on purple <laughs> R.I.P. Juice Man. Red um, Juice. So today we're talking about St. Maud. Yes, we are. I'm cutting that opening. Um, Why? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> we'll see. Are we fighting? No, no. no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're talking about St. Maud, another A24 studio banger. Yes, sir. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room right away. Oh, my God. A24 goaded, right? A24. I mean, recently, kind of mid for real. We <laughs> but... Uncut Gems, trash. Bad movie. What? It's a terrible movie. What? Anyways, so we're talking about St. Maud. Are you just going to move past that? Uh, St. Maud. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Don't attack me. I'm going to have words for you after this, for <laughs> real. St. Maud. Fucking um, Written directed by Rose Glass. Fire name, honestly. That is the coolest it's, name. It's a good name. Rose is, Glass. That's good. This is actually her film debut, surprisingly enough. Uh, kind of goes hard for a debut. Oh, yeah. She got a little unfortunate with this one, I think. The timing on it? The timing's tough. It was supposed to come out in America in April of 2020. Obviously. You know what happened in March of 2020. Whew, what a pandemic. A panoramic, if <laughs> a you will. Panoramic. Uh, a panamera. <laughs> anyways. Um, so, got delayed heavily. It had, like, a select film release in 2021, yeah. so the numbers for the movie in terms of, like, box office and budget, kind of hard to come by. Did not bang. Didn't bang, but that's fair. It came out to streaming at this all the same. 
Uh, still a great film debut. Numbers can't really capture it yeah. well enough, I'd say. She does really well, though. And even though financially, you know, it didn't, like, bang or whatever. Critically. Oh, what bangs? Acclaimed. Uh, we, you know, we, you know we've got our bit. So you know what I'm about to ask John. Yeah. What do you think this movie received on Rotten Tomatoes, critically first, go? Critically first? I want to say, like, 94 that's pretty much it. Wow. 93%. On the money. On the money. 93% critical acclaim, but your fan score. Fan score? Fan score. Well, as you know, I look down on all the fans, <laughs> and I, I, I laugh at their intelligence. So I want to say like 73. 60s. 60? We got low 60s on the uh, fan score, which is fair, yeah. I think. It's, it's, it's above 50, so you know more it's than half in, of the audience will enjoy this movie. It's and an I, I interpretive movie. It's a it's a it's it's not too much of a thinker because there's not a lot. It's not like this diversely complex movie. No. Um, but the way I forget who it was, it might have been a YouTube video I was watching. They basically called this like the case study of Maud, and I think that's a really good analogy for the movie. Yeah. Because it is this uh, psychological breakdown of a lady who just loves God, um, and her relationship with God is tested throughout like, this movie. Really loves God, like and really. Just wants to like smooch him. You just know? like I mean, who hasn't? Just a little kiss on the lips. <laughs> I get it. Uh, regardless, we have Maud here, played by Morphid Clark. I did not look up what she's in outside of this. Um, so sorry, Morphid. I hope you've been in more. I'm assuming she probably has. You earned it. Yeah, You're she great she won an award. Some British award for best actress, best British actress for her role in this movie. So, Some British award. You know, uh, sorry. I'm to, an American. Sorry to our friends over the pond. You know, <laughs> uh, no, no hate, no discrimination. But you know, an award winner nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and Maud's kind of a kind of a psychopath. Yeah. Kind of a little, kind of a little psychotic, but kind of, kind of unhinged, kind of a lit. Before a we get into the super in-depth spoilers, uh, I think the movie's worth a watch for sure. Yeah. Um, I, one of these days, I will say a movie isn't worth the watch. We, <laughs> we will let you know. <laughs> but so far, because we've been picking the movies, we've only been picking you know good-ish movies. So I mean, we don't miss. What we're, can you say? we're always going to recommend them because uh, we had to waste our time on them. <laughs> and honestly, this movie is only eighty minutes, so it's a real quick watch. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of the ninety-minute mark for movies in general. Um, this one being at eighty minutes was a godsend. I was able to watch this in one sitting yeah which is hard for me as a working man <laughs> so 80 minute movie go ahead watch it make sure you come back listen to what Please we have to God, say come back i'm begging you <laughs> we're gonna try to make this a little bit more different oh by the way this isn't gavin this is john again Surprise. yeah hey. if, you, if you haven't picked up on the formula yet. yeah in case you got confused <laughs> on why gavin sounds different today <laughs> uh we do have to give a bit of a warning though there's some there's some scenes uh in this movie that depict self self-harm uh, for anybody who might be like, you know, squeamish about that kind of thing, it is in there yeah. quite a bit. Right. Uh, there is a rape scene, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's it's not very graphic, but it does happen. Yeah. It's upsetting. Very. Um, so, just as a heads up. Yeah. Um, with that out of the way, 
outside and then mm, the rape scenes like maybe 10 seconds but yeah. it still still happens it's in there we uh, just want to give you a heads up yeah and there's like a lot of self-harm yeah and to the point where i had to tap out yeah i came like, hey, in i'm not i'm not watching this if, yeah. you, if you've seen the preview or the trailer i should say because i i just i distinctly remember seeing the trailer for this movie in 2019 because i was like okay i want to watch that movie i don't know what movie i was watching at the time for the trailer it might have honestly been the nun I could be wrong. That, you know, the <laughs> fact that this was a trailer for that is kind of appropriate. Uh, if the nun, if I'm remembering my timeline correctly, I think I was seeing the nun, and this was a trailer for that. Either way, <laughs> the nun. Uh, yeah, that that scene. You know, you know the one. If it's you've in seen, the trailer. It's it's tough. I had to I, because I watched the trailer. I was like, you know what? I don't need to watch this, <laughs> and I quickly, you know, sped on through that. Uh, without further ado, we'll jump into the movie now. Uh, again, we're going to try to differentiate a bit more from the Gavin episodes, and so how Gavin and I go through the movie beat by beat and kind of just like live react to the movie in a scene by scene basis, we're going to try to be a little more intellectual this time. Somewhat. And I know I said that last time, and then I did not stick to my guns with it, but I literally didn't take the notes required to do this beat by beat so it's gonna be a little bit of a freestyle off the top of the dome well for like saint maude i feel like this movie's different yeah because like unlike other movies not much happens yeah no honestly this movie's very grounded there's only really like two or three locations Um, if if we talked about the plot this episode would be like i don't know like 10 minutes long yeah it only only would be like 40 minutes because it's a short movie and again there's not a lot that happens that's worth talking about it's all thematic and it's all but it's all necessary too yeah as much as there is like you can't even call the scenes bloated because it's such a short movie all the scenes feel like they're important, even though they aren't that important you in really, some instances. You can't cut anything from this movie. Not really. I don't think so. I, I think you can cut probably the rape scene. Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can cut that because their conversation is kind of meh. Whatever. You don't have to like show it. Yeah. You that's can imply. Right. That's my issue with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That was honestly that part is probably the weakest part of the movie for me. Yeah. That little that whole little outburst she has. Yeah. But. I get it. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, so we have a cold open. We get a blood-soaked Maud. There's a dead body. Uh, she looks up for answers. Maud is a nurse. Maud is a nurse, yes. Uh, she ends up becoming a private caretaker. We get our title card. It's a super bleak title card. Nothing crazy. Um, Again, like 30 se- 10 seconds into the movie. Dead body. <laughs> dead body. Yeah. We get a Maud prayer in her middle... Yeah, inner monologue scene. Uh, she hopes God has something better for her planned, not that she's complaining. Um, we're then quickly introduced to the other major character in this movie. Not a big cast for this by any means. There's like two people in this movie. Two two people worth talking about. Two people with more than like 20 lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the introduction was a bit funny. I made sure to write it down. As Maud is coming in, the <laughs> carer that's leaving, I guess, Maud asks, How is she? And the lady replies with, Bit of a cunt. <laughs> Fair. I, love, I love the way the British say that. <laughs> Bit of a cunt. Okay, he's going to do an accent. I'm not going to do an accent. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not, if, <laughs> if you know us, yeah, you and know. if you know me specifically, you know I love my accent. <laughs> uh, so we meet Amanda. Uh, Amanda is our Maud Foil character. I do have an article today, okay? I'm, I'll be sure to link it in the episode. But Citing his sources. I, have, I, do have, I did actually do a, a wee bit of research. Um, we're introduced to Amanda, who has stage 4 lymphoma of the spinal cord. Uh, dancer, choreographer, minor celebrity. And 
atheist. Hardcore atheist. Hardcore douchey atheist. Does not fuck with does not fuck with God. Does not fuck with Big G. Yeah, for <laughs> Big G or Big J. No. You know? <laughs> they are not homies. No. Um we the, we are, we find out Mary Magdalene is Maud's saint, which I want to say has importance, but we'll try to I'll try to with our intellectual takes, we'll try to group it all together. We'll get there. You know, we're smart. We'll use our thinking. So, caps. like I said, not a lot goes on in this movie, so I'll address like some of the more important story beats. Um, Amanda makes sure to mention that Maud knows that she's prettier than the last one. So, oh, that's a I, thing. I guess we should also say that uh, Amanda is gay. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. This this will come. This will be a source of contention. In yeah, the it's it's a it's a major it's a major point. Yeah, um, goes through Amanda's stuff. That's not important. <laughs> Richard's a pompous asshole. Oh yeah, Richard. I we get Richard. Him. Richard makes another uh, media reference. Um, refers to Amanda as you're getting dangerously Norma Desmond, which doesn't. It's not a deep cut reference although it may be i mean maybe i like, didn't know what that meant uh i looked it up norma desmond was just another person who lived reclusively in a beverly hills mansion in the movie sunset boulevard mm. of 1950 but and if you're wondering why we're not explaining who richard is it does not matter yeah richard's really he's just some douche he's just here he's sent, he's telling her you gotta move back to london but whatever yeah you can't waste away your days here basically um so Mm, we, where do we start? I, mm, we're immediately exposed to this concept that uh, Maud is very much so of her faith, and she is not afraid to let that be known. It's, and I don't want to say she forces it on others. It's complicated, honestly. But she lets it run her life. Yeah. And I get it, because that opening scene is supposed to show us basically if you piece it together there's no exposition dump yeah. in this movie no thankfully Thank God. so there's no like people telling you what you should be thinking it's not that hard to piece together she's a devout christian now because of her uh, an experience she had where yeah, a, a patient died on her it's basically. important to note that she is a convert so she's now religious yeah, where she, she was not before so she thinks um it's her fault that she killed this man yeah and because of that she has turned to god um like I said, she's very open about it, and Amanda kind of just goes with it. She's kind of a bitch, low-key. I don't know. I feel like Maude is kind of, like, at first, very, like, closed off about it. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll tuck her cross into her, like, shirt. Right. And the only reason Amanda found out about it is because it kind of, like, slipped out. That's true. And then, that once that happened, then it was all cats out of the bag. Yeah. Then it was, yeah, that's fair. Um, And so Amanda... Kind of just being Amanda talks to Maud about it and like as curious and asks questions, which I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in general. Yeah. But what it turns into by the end of the movie, it's pretty fucked up. Amanda's yeah. not a good character, like not a good person, I should say. Amanda's kind of a bitch, like I said. But Maud also isn't a good person. No. So it's hard. It's hard to really. It's hard to say that there's an out and out protagonist and antagonist in this movie. Not that every movie needs one. Yeah. But these are just two people that make it very hard to sympathize with them sometimes. Yeah, and they're meant to be polar opposites of each other. Um, The article I I, uh, will be citing today and using, um, Lindsay Romain of The Nerdist uh, interviewed Rose Glass. 
article titled Saint Maud Director Rose Glass Talks of the Devil in the Details. Like I said, I'll be sure to link it. Um, and so she got some information about some of the characters. Amanda is intentionally made to be a bit younger on her deathbed. Um, so the two characters have a bit more commonality as opposed to like a much older lady who's like on the verge of accepting death. Um, it makes it a bit more realistic that Amanda um, isn't ready, per se. And so she's li trying to live this luxurious, vibrant life out as much as she can. Um, but some of the cracks in Maud's demeanor start to show themselves. Yeah. At once, as Amanda's asking questions, um, he, I think she basically asked, how do you know like he's around or something? Or how do you know he talks to you or something? Uh, and Maud replies with, I wrote all this down, verbatim, bar for bar. Word for word. <laughs> he's physically in me or around me. When he's pleased, it's like a shiver or like a pulsing. It's all warm and good, right? And this is shown as well with some of the things that Maud does on screen. She's seen gasping and, like, breathing heavily touching herself a bit yeah trying to like grab on to what's around her it's very sensual it's a it's a very interesting um sensual matter so it's like okay sure um and that's where it gets weird, weird. really weird so she wants to develop this relationship with amanda because she feels like she has to she explains to amanda it's like God has sent me here for a reason, oh, and it's boy. to essentially save your save your soul type deal. Oh. Um, it's at that point where you're just like, oh, this is gonna be fucked. <laughs> it's it's gonna get uh, because, like we said, Amanda's very much so an atheist, very openly an atheist, and well, we find out later she's openly an atheist because in the moment she entertains it entirely and it entertains Maud's personality you know you know you ever have someone who like you ever been at work and you get somebody who tries to talk to you about like jesus and stuff <laughs> yeah and you just you're just like i don't want to be rude right so you're exactly. just like yeah sure <laughs> yeah it's a lot of that yeah but the the issue stems from how seriously maude takes it yeah and because amanda's entertaining it maude takes this all very positively She's and like, then, wow, it's really working. Well, yeah, it's like, okay, you're accepting God. You're that means gonna, we're on the right path. You're not going to be, like, sent to eternal damnation. This is great. I know you've lived a life of sin, <laughs> but now you're going to be okay. Yeah, just because you turn to God in this one moment. Just because you're turning to God right now, everything will be okay. Yeah. That's not how... Uh, that, I don't think that's how religion works. I'm... We'll get there. I'm not a Catholic. <laughs> Do not take my word on this. Uh, it... We, should we get to the praying scene? Which one? The one where they basically <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're sitting on they're sitting on a couch together. Uh, she's they're like having lunch together. So she serves her lunch. Um, right before they eat, she prays. Um, and as she's praying, she feels God. Feels God. Really feels God. <laughs> and is so like stretching out, breathing heavy, taking it all in. And uh, Amanda. Is it what again? We find out Amanda is mocking her. So Amanda's doing the same thing, and you're yeah. like, okay, maybe Amanda's really buying it. No, Amanda's no. not. And it's it's really sad too because Maud thinks, wow, it's working. Mm -hmm. We're really establishing a, a connection. You She's, know? She physically feels God too. This is great. Yeah. Um, quickly, 
we find out, like John mentioned, Amanda's gay, which isn't a problem, obviously. No. And then, on, on, and again, and it's, it's in the article as well. It's not an issue with Maud either. Maud does not have an issue. Maud is not homophobic because of her religion. Um, Maud has no real issue with the fact that Amanda is seeing this woman. Um, in the article, basically, the director explains that Maud. Maud's issue is she doesn't want anyone interfering with the connection that she's establishing with yeah, Amanda. Yeah, exactly. So it's very much an ownership kind of thing, and it's a, like a bit of a jealousy thing. Yeah, but not a romantic jealousy, because it, it like they flirt with this idea that potentially Maud and Amanda. Here's the thing: there's there's many ways to look there's many lenses through which you can view a movie right yeah like there's the religious angle we could view this with but there's also like this, like Maud could totally also just be like fucking repressed yeah uh we'll never find out there's no like answer <laughs> right but you know it's just one of the ways in which you can view this movie mm-hmm. um so the lady we were discussing the younger lady that Amanda was seeing I like I said the cast is kind of small her name's Carol Carol that's yep, what Carol. I remember so Carol Carol's Amanda's love affair, but is also paid, mm-hmm. so she's kind of more of just like you know a sex worker, which is fine. Again, totally fine. We respect sex workers. Yes, around we here. do. Shout out the sex workers. Um, but because of that, Amanda, not Amanda, Maud doubles down even more. That yeah. Maud's like, you don't actually care about her. You need, and like, there's this big scene where. Maud finally steps up to Carol, and she's like, here's the thing. You're just taking money from her. You don't care about her. You're not what she needs right now. Yeah. I know what she needs. I'm her caretaker. I know. I know. I know everything. <laughs> it's basically what happens. It's I'm like, not going to lie. Like, Carol was just like, why are you being such a fucking bitch? And I was for like, real? yeah, I, I agree. Carol's kind of like the first real character to challenge Maud in this movie. And as he was saying, like... Uh, basically is calling her a bitch and was like pointing it out it's like you're only her caretaker you do not get to really intervene in her personal life yeah like it is inappropriate of you to even be like involving yourself in this like amanda wants me here amanda's paying for me to be here amanda wants these interactions like cut it out yeah so it happens i get it um i don't get it but i get it (laughs) uh so we have that whole interaction let me pull up my notes again um so once Maud is kind of challenged, everything kind of that's when I think that's where this movie starts to pick up. Yeah, because Maud becomes to like question comes to questioning herself more. Like, am I doing the right thing? Is what I'm doing correct? Uh, you know, and so it's really. Mm, this is where the deterioration, I think. This is really, yeah. This is where Maud really starts to like fall apart. Maud falls apart. The movie picks up. Yep. Uh, after well, there's actually a big scene where this where her deterioration really starts. Yeah. So Amanda, because of course she would. Carol tells Amanda that like Maud bitched her out. <laughs> right. That was the other thing. <laughs> Maud ended the conversation and she was like, "Oh, by the way, don't tell Amanda I did this." Like. Obviously, of, of course she's gonna tell. You're, her. you're basically fucking her money up. Yeah. So, of course she's gonna bring it up. <laughs> so, a bunch of Amanda's friends throw her a birthday party because it's her birthday. Right before the party, Amanda was very depressed. Right. Yeah. Is that before the party? Yes. Amanda's like very distant all of a sudden and cold towards Maud. Yeah. So I can't really cut out dogs barking. <laughs> Whoa, so 
my fault. They just went crazy. There's no way. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, it's a comedic at this point. It's it is quite funny how they just know that I start recording again. And they're like, oh well, here we go. <laughs> he pressed record. <laughs> Time to fuck shit up, gang. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, so right before the party is thrown, Amanda's being distant. She's being cold towards Maud uh, because she knows. Obviously, Carol yeah. told her right away. So now she's upset. Um, there was a there's a scene where she's like, I want to go to bed now, and it's only like 5 p.m. And so yeah, Maud fucked up. Yeah. Um, she felt great because she thought she was ex- establishing this connection, and now it's and all saving down the her drink. soul. Def- that's definitely what it was. Yeah. Um, oh boy! And this this party this party's tough. Disaster. This is where. This is where. Rose Glass does really well as a director, I think, in that. She doesn't make any of her characters directly hard. She doesn't make them easy to like. She does. She she equally makes them hard to hate. Yeah. Because this scene, ha- if that made sense, wow! I feel like I fumbled no, every I, single you got word. It. <laughs> Especially with Amanda, like she can be a real fucking bitch sometimes. But it's also like, like you, I mean, you, she's you, in her. She has the right to be. Yeah, she's, she's literally she's, dying. She's on her deathbed. She has the right to be. Yeah, like you said, she has a right to act the way she is. Especially with Maude being like a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, she's now at the the eve of her life. She made her money. She's spending it now. If she wants to buy time with this woman, like, fuck it, let her do it. Let her ball. We get to this party. It's tough. It, it's especially tough for Maud, right? So they hadn't... So Carol hasn't been seen around recently. But Carol shows up to this party. And not that it's much of an issue, or anything is really an issue outright. Maud's not a fan, of course, but she doesn't bring she doesn't draw attention to it. She doesn't call out Amanda for it. She doesn't say anything to Carol. She kind of just witnesses it, and you know, she's like, "Okay, I'm going to go to bed now." You know, she's calling it. But then um, we start to hear about Amanda start talking shit. A whole lot of it for no real reason. I love it. Like literally just sees Maud and she's like, "Yeah, you know what? Fuck her. She's a bit crazy." Yeah. <laughs> she uh, her line specifically was like I don't know if she was just, like, a bigot because she's, like, Catholic or whatever, mm-hmm. or if she's just jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she tried to, like, kick Carol out of here. Right. And, and everybody starts laughing. Pretty much. It's great. And, that, and like I said, the director specifically spoke on the fact she wants everyone to know that Maude is not a homophobe. That is a huge thing. She's not homophobic, and she doesn't deal with any mental illnesses because she didn't want Maude to be written off as a, another character that just dealt with things that are out of her realm of control. Yeah. Um, so we have the scene. They start turning her into like a, like an old parliament wife from the 1800s. They put a little bonnet on her head. Um, they're like they dress her up real quick, and you feel bad for her. She's getting bullied by everyone at the party, basically, yeah. and it sucks. Um, and eventually, it calm, calm, culminates. English. <clears throat> anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, eventually it amounts to <laughs> this scene where. Maud slaps the fuck out of Amanda. No shit. Like, in front of everybody. Like, and she bleeds. That's how <laughs> fucking hard she smacks her. And it's... On, and, but, I, like, if you watch this scene, you're, like, instantly, like, go off. Like, go go ahead, Maud. Yeah. Like, she deserves it. Like, in my opinion, i probably do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it was fine. Like, talking shit, Maud was literally okay with. Like, she was just gonna let that happen and walk away from the situation. Um, but then they did the thing where they dressed her up, and started to like physically bully her and then she was like you know what fuck this yeah. and then just 
in front of everybody. Uh, instantly pulled out of the situation. She loses her job. Immediately fired. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> and she's like, well, can I just talk to her? Uh, no. And they're like, no. You're lucky she's get not pressing charges. Here, yeah. Um, and this is where we get more intimate with Maud's living place, right? I'm glad you mentioned that. Because, and, like, go ahead. Maud, I really love it because, like, this movie visually through the cinematography shows us how fucking suffocating and isolating Maud's life is. Mm -hmm. Because, like, first off, she lives in, like, a literal crack in the wall. Mm -hmm. Like, this shitty, like, studio apartment. Yeah. And then when she walks out, there's just, like, this alleyway she has to show, she has to, like, walk through. So it's, like, a good way to visually see, like, wow, she does not have shit going on in her Mm -hmm. life. If you're familiar with England and, like, their infrastructure at all, like, everybody kind of lives small over there. Like, that's what I, 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 somebody basically, I forget when I found out, but basically England, they live in smaller rooms, smaller portions, just smaller all around. America's very glorified. Yeah. And size matters over here. Of course. Um, What do you mean I can't have a 10-room house (laughs) for my two-person family? What do you mean you're extra large than a (laughs) 64-ounce Dr. Pepper? Excuse me? (laughs) What the fuck? So... And dra- it's you compare it to the mansion she was in with Amanda. Yeah. You compare it to some of the more vibrant locations she goes to in the movie. Like I said, the big areas we are at are the mansion and her apartment room, whatever you want to call it. We do spend some time at the beach. Yeah, there's a the last scene of the movie spent at a beach. There's a couple of scenes in there where she's at a beach. A couple um, of restaurants. There's a couple of like vibrant, bright yeah. restaurant scenes. Um, but the majority of the movie is this very bleak, desolate room that she lives in. And then the very lavish, colorful, um, the director specifically spoke on like dark greens that they use for uh, the mansion. And they leave it intentionally very mysterious like even though we're in the mansion we don't, don't actually much we it. don't explore much of the mansion at all you see like amanda's room you see the living room and that's really it yeah um but but you and we see the outside of it yeah. at one point and like obviously it's a gigantic place um all filmed in england as well uh and so when we are in this room with maud like with how small it is 15%, 20% of the room is also dedicated a shrine to God. Yeah. So not only is she living small, she's intentionally taking away even more of her space just to have this shrine for God, right? Um, it's it's interesting because, like, she lives a very humble life, which, like, in the Bible, you know, saints don't really have shit. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to, like, dedicate themselves to, like, God or whatever. Yeah. Which is, like, so I guess that's, like, very appropriate. Right. But in the context of this movie and in the context of Mon's life, it's, like, not good. Yeah. It's, like, very <laughs> unhealthy. Um, is this where we find out her real name? Yeah. Right oh, so here? there's a scene at the beach where Ma's just walking, enjoying her time off, right? Yeah. And she sees this girl she used to work with. I don't recall her name. It she doesn't try- really matter. Uh, she tries to walk away, get away from the situation. Yeah, and the girl says, oh, hey, Katie. And you're like... Katie. Katie, who the fuck? Who the fuck is that? Yeah, so we find out that uh, Maud Kate changed her name. Made Maud changed her name, um, and there is some relevance to the name Maud. So she was named Katie. I googled it. Maud is a very popular, um, a very popular Christian religion-based name for baby girls. Um, it also has meaning of powerful battler or powerful fighter which i guess can kind of be seen in this movie i don't know if that's 
super intentional. I mean, I guess. For that meaning. Um, <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of, like, physical battles she makes, but there's, you know, mentally speaking. Spiritual. Spiritual battles that she has to fight with everybody, basically. <laughs> yeah. There's also, like, a Welsh variant, which, yeah. as we'll find out in this movie... There is some Welsh being spoken in here. For some God knows what reason. Who knows? I mean, like, it's in England, I guess. I, sure. That's <laughs> fair. Uh, who, who knows? Um, we, so we find out her real name is Katie. And her friend, which, again, we don't know the character name, Joy. I think so. It might be Joy. It probably is. Joy's also kind of a bitch. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Like, they're talking, and she's like, what have you been doing, or whatever, and Maud's like, oh, I'm, I'm still, like, in nursing, I'm still a private care, and she's like, oh, even after what happened? Like, why would you say that? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. W- w- what? Like, yeah. Especially because, like, she knows Maud has been, like, isolating herself. Right. And the worst part is, and, like, you can say, like, oh, nobody would actually do that. No. We all know a person that would do that. Yeah. <laughs> we all know somebody that would just be that guy to be like, oh, you're still doing that? What's wrong with you? For context, <laughs> the way Maud's patient died... It's because she was giving them CPR. Yeah. And she was doing that thing where you press down on their chest. Right. Fucking collapses their chest. Yeah. And, and they just spit up blood and die. Yeah. Because she was trying to give CPR to an older individual. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really unfortunate. Just pancakes their chest. It happens, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it happens. Traumatic. Horrible. It, and it's, it, it does. It sucks. But she, at the end of the day, she was still trying to save a life. Yeah. It's not... You re- should make fun of her for that. It's... Yeah. Why would you bring it up? Yeah. Either way... Uh, she's kind of a bitch, regardless. That interaction happens. And then we get the living frivolous Maud, who kind of just takes out night out on the town. I think, yeah, it's, it seems, I, th- at least the way I interpret the scene, it's kind of like a moment of like spiritual weakness yeah, for, for sure. Maud. Because you're now, like, in this moment, after, like, because she lost her job, I suppose, she is now confused. What does God really want out of her? Well, she's lost her job in, like, two ways. Yeah. Like she, don't, she isn't her nurse, but she also can't save her soul. Yeah. So now she's questioning, Does did God really want me there? Because yeah. she, she brought up how God led me here, I'm here to save you. God has a purpose for but, everyone. But now that she's fired, it's like, she's lost all sense of purpose. So yeah. she has a night out on the town with herself, basically. It's and, also, like, subtly implying that this is the way she used to be when she was mm-hmm. Katie. Yeah, so we get some we get some more glimpses into her backstory. There's some cringe scenes here that very cringe. Oh, it's tough to watch. Very cringe. She's like at, she's at the diner. Um she's just sat there by herself, you know. She's she's dressed herself up a bit, thrown on some makeup, you know. Um she makes oh god, there's so much that happens in like this 5 minute span. Yeah. She like makes eye contact with this guy. They just look at each other a lot. She spots him a handy in the bathroom. No big deal. Just a fucking casual handy, man. Just out of nowhere. And like, he, do, he does the age-old horrible line you should not say, oh, I'll see you later. <laughs> talk to no, you, talk to you later. Don't say Shut that. Shut up, bro. Don't Just say stop. that. Like, what the fuck? And the worst part is, so this is after her, uh, she burned herself. Yeah, and, we haven't mentioned all the self-harm. Uh, oh, yeah. We're really bad at this. We didn't write, like I said, there's no outline here. We kind of, we're just raw dogging Listen, this. Listen, <laughs> Maud hurts herself a lot in this movie. Uh, we're, we see pictures, not pictures, there's scenes where she shows her stomach. She used to cut herself. Yeah. Very unfortunate. She'll be making tea and she'll like put her hand on the stove. Yeah, she's making tea. She put the back of her hand on the stove really quickly for whatever reason. Um, Whenever she kneels to pray, she she'll like, sprinkle like popcorn on the ground and then kneel on it so it hurts her fucking knees. Yeah, if there's significance to that, like if you've seen the movie and you know what she's sprinkling, let us know because yeah. I honestly have no idea. Please explain. I can't, like, I, I tried to look it up, but I don't really know what 
to do or what to phrase, but popcorn on ground kneeling. Yeah, for prey? Question mark. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not uh, very. That, that'll put you on a watch list. <laughs> I'm not very good at Google. <laughs> um, and so, what I thought was funny is I'm pretty sure the handy she does it with her bandaged hand. I can, oh, only, gross. I can just imagine it doesn't actually feel very good, no. but the guy just let it happen anyway. <laughs> oh God, it's so gross. Uh. Either way, she deals with that. She comes back. She's she starts freaking the fuck out. She starts like she was just sitting by herself, and there's like a group of two dates going yeah, on next also to her. Drumming. Yeah. There's, okay. This scene. There's. It's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's very overly stimulating and very intentionally overwhelming because yes. it's it's kind of just like giving us a, a peer into like what her brain is working like. Yeah. Um. So the couple's next to her, like telling a story. She starts to laugh. And like lean in, like as, she's trying to she's join there, in, yeah. And they just ignore her, like, and you f- you feel so bad for her. That's you really the, do. That's the thing about this scene is like you can feel that this is someone who's very desperate to connect with literally anyone. Yeah, she goes into the bathroom, and it's not working. She goes into the bathroom, and even though she didn't enjoy her interaction with Joy, she calls her up, and she's like, "Hey, you want to hang out? You about that drink?" And then she lies, and she's like, oh, well, I'm just with my friends right now, but they're about to head out. She ain't got no friends. Yeah. <laughs> Joyce says some shit. Yeah, and Joyce's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Who knows what Joyce says? We yeah. don't we don't hear the other end of the call. We only yeah. hear um. Kate you just hear Mom being like, oh, okay. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, and then, eventually, she ends up hooking up with a guy. This is where the, the rape scene happens. It is gross. It is gross. So this is where we get more of her backstory, what John was explaining. Um, while she's uh, writing him, she doesn't want him to touch her. That's a, that's a big a big thing I notice is like he's trying to like I guess get her top off. Yeah. And she just like keeps throwing his hand. Like she's here for what she wants and that's it basically. Yeah. Um, and then eventually it starts to like overlap with her memories of killing the patient that she had done, and that's where we find out how she killed the patient. And she freaks out and she gives up on it. And then. You think he's a nice guy, because for a moment he's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, like, yeah. you're okay, you're okay. Um, and then she tries to get away, and she says no, and he's like, nope, you stay right there. And then, yep. It's pretty fucking awful. Pretty disgusting. He yeah. instantly turns into a piece of shit. It's, like, even worse, because he says really gross shit afterwards, Yep. where he was just like, you know, I've seen you around before. I remember when you hooked up with one of my friends, and I was yeah. just like, ah. Oh, like, shut up. What is wrong fuck with you? Off. Like, these are the type of men that deserve to die. Yeah. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. Um, and that's, and yeah, and then that gives us more on her life as Katie, and how she used to be this person who lived life. Which, to be fair, even as Katie, like, there's nothing horrible that she's doing. Right, and, and like, if that's how you used to live your life, fuck it. I don't know. No judgment. Like, that's, like, how everyone lives their fucking yeah, life. Yeah, right around this age. She yeah. seems, she's seemingly, like, in her 20s, maybe, yeah. maybe at the most early 30s. Um, yeah, you know, living life. Yeah. Respect. Respect. Um, is this, I think, ugh. So she has this night of weakness, and yeah. then she it gets into this convulsing scene. She gets back home. Yeah, she starts, like, praying or whatever. She gets back home after her spiritual weakness moment, night, whatever you want to say. It's a bender. Oh, right! She starts convulsing. You see her throwing up, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. She's just laying on the ground, and then she just starts floating. Li- yeah, literally, just imagine somebody <laughs> just fucking levitating on She just starts levitating off the ground. And this is... Di- there. I don't think there's many instances of this in the movie, at least prior to this. A lot of things happen, and you're like, okay, is this actually happening, yes. or is Maud imagining this? And this is one of those scenes. Yeah. Because this movie's not paranormal no. by any means. There's no mention... Well, there's mention of a demon later on. Um, but 
you're not at this exact moment you're not like sure if this is actually happening to Maud or yeah. if Maud thinks this is happening to Maud because you know she's hungover as fuck <laughs> honestly for like the first I want to say like 70% of the movie you're like oh this is just like a drama or whatever yeah or like a psychological horror which mm-hmm. to be fair it is yeah but like uh, this is where you're like oh shit some real freaky shit is popping up yeah and you don't really and you're like oh okay yeah sure I guess she's just like, it almost looks like somebody's just like picking her up yeah like a, like, like, a, like, like, like a, a doll a string was attached to her stomach and they just pull on the string yeah. and that's how she gets lifted up um she wakes up the next day it's like a very violent experience yeah for sure uh wakes up the next day she burns the clothes she just went out in she's she's aware that she had a moment of weakness and now she just wants to be one with god again yep. you know she wants her forgiveness Ooh, um, should we mention the scene as well where she speaks to god I th- believe that's I the think, same that, I think that's Is it the same night? Yeah, it should be. After floating, or is it the next night? It's probably the next night. Um, basically, when does Joy visit? Well, Joy visits, Joy visits right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, we're through. Okay. Um, burns the clothes, and then I think this is the disgusting scene of self-harm. Yeah. Right after she burns the clothes. So here's where we're talking. Here's where I'll... Oh, <clears throat> I'll start bringing up my research. <laughs> Um, actually, so, I don't know anything about religion, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, I, it's the one area I'm very ignorant, and I will educate myself further one day, just not today, I did a little bit, um, as we mentioned earlier, Maud told Amanda that Mary Magdalene is her saint, right, and you just pick your saint, kind of like how you pick a Pokemon, I guess, I don't know, (laughs) um, how you pick your starter, (laughs) and so... I think she's piercing a picture of Mary Magdalene. I could be wrong. It could be the Virgin Mary. I don't think it's the Virgin Mary. Yeah, they're like two different characters, right? (laughs) Right before this, I was talking to John about it, and I was like, they're all the same character, right? Bro, these are people, right? (laughs) But I'm talking about them like they're video game characters. Like like I'm about to pick them in a a Royal Rumble fight them type game. Oh, that's fucking great. Uh, That's hilarious. (laughs) Because, I mean, they're the same name, Mary and Virgin Mary, but Virgin Mary doesn't have a last name, apparently. I don't know. Um, So she punctures picture of Mary Magdalene. I don't don't think it's... Is it the entire shoe, or is it just like the top It's just like the the top. Okay, then never mind. I was going to make an analogy. Maybe I still will. Okay. Um, And with nails, puts them in her shoe like as inserts. Oh, like a fucking Dr. Scholl's. Right, and if you've seen A Quiet Place... And you remember oh, you remember that scene yes. where the nail is sticking up out of the steps, and you know John Krasinski's wife is gonna step on it. I don't know her name. Is it? No one has a name in that movie. What's her real name? I don't know. I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> I don't want to call her John Krasinski's wife. That's. Kind I mean, of, that's, that's what she is in the movie. Right, but she has a real name. That's so fair. John Krasinski's <laughs> wife. Emily Blunt. I was gonna say that. Oh, they're like actually married. Yes. Oh shit. Yeah, that's all. That's, <laughs> that's a great tension. I just learned a lot. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Uh, okay. Good for I, him. I wanted to say Emily Blunt so bad, but I was like, that's not her name. That's Emily Blunt. Sorry, Emily. I know you're a big listener. Shout out Emily Blunt. Apologies, my fault. <laughs> um, let We're us know. Let, let us know if we should talk about a quiet place. Anyway, um, not the sequel though. Anyway. Uh, and yeah, so that that scene yeah. with Emily Blunt, 
the nail is sticking out of the steps, you know she's going to step on it, and you know, you're still never really prepped for it. And they add a disgusting little squishing sound or whatever. Squelch. (laughs) (laughs) And they do the same thing here. It's even worse, because it's like a whole... It's a whole foot worth of nails. It's so, it's so, so gross. It's so hard to watch. And that's what's in the trailer. That's, I had to fast forward through it. I couldn't do it. It's hard to even watch her walking through the Oh town. my god, it's awful. She's because suffering. You can tell she's in pain. And I guess at this point, is it a thing that people like harm themselves to show that they're like were supporting God? It's like an extreme form version. of, yeah, yeah, I thought so. In, I like to look at it as Maud becoming like a martyr. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. For people who don't know what that means, it's someone who like suffers. For, for like a greater purpose. Okay, that's what. Okay, that then now it's all adding up. Um, so yeah, I guess she's now embodying this role that she is just Mary Magdalene essentially, or is of a similar role because I wrote it down that Mary Magdalene. Um, here we go. Mary Magdalene traveled with Jesus as one of his followers and was a witness to his crucifixion and resurrection. Excuse me. Um, which I kind of want to say comes back at the very end, yeah. to an extent, right? Yeah. So Mary Magdalene traveled with Jesus, and I, I, I guess you could say that happens here. Like, she, these steps she's taking, she's traveling with Jesus, or trying to show that she will travel for Jesus, or travel with Jesus, you know? Um, the analogy I was going to make, I really thought I fat-brained it, but if it doesn't go through the whole shoe, I guess it doesn't matter, unless I really don't understand shoe anatomy. Um, <laughs> the concept is she's essentially piercing the sole of her foot to bond her soul. Yeah? Dude, if you can't tell, but my mouth is wide open because I'm like, wow, this man is brilliant. That's a banger of a thought. Because we have the, the, the soul of your foot, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to link their souls eternally almost. Wow. But then she's shown just with bandaged feet. So, like. Yeah, listen, this, this, it's very clear to Maude that this is all, like, very high meaning, but this, she's just fucking hurting herself for yeah, no reason. She's just, you know, she's still worried about tetanus, okay? Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't want, you know, you know, you know, just in case one of those nails was rusty. <laughs> uh, so, that's disgustingly tough awful. to watch. She gets home from that, and then she talks to God. Yes. Literally. Yes. Uh, God talks to her in Welsh. I want to say also an important, a big thing in this movie that whenever it recurs a lot, whenever Maud makes like any like direct contact with like God, God in quotation marks, yeah, because we don't know what the fuck this is, yeah, uh, there, it's either like real, it's like really dark mm-hmm. and like a roach just shows up in the room out of nowhere, yeah, yeah. So like she's laying in bed and. We see this roach like travel to her shrine of God, yeah. and then God just starts talking to her in Welsh, yeah. and she understands it perfectly, which is interesting in concept because that's a big thing in like um, possessions yeah. and uh, exorcisms is a big thing that like people start to speak languages that they've never spoken before, like fluently. And to this point, we have no indication that you know she spoke Welsh or understood Welsh or whatever. I mean, they're in England, so yeah. by proxy, maybe that's just a thing that happens. I but. do have a great fun fact. Yeah. So this voice of God is actually Morphid Clark, just like pitched down. Okay. So in a way, it's like Maud is talking to herself. Interesting. So it's like, it's I just a really that. cool Okay, yeah. that's crazy. Nice. Ah, that's sick. Ah. It's such a cool idea. Now that she's missing, make that point. And again, so now you're like, okay, 
Is she actually is talking to God, or is this just something happening in her brain? Yeah. Because there was a scene earlier, I think she burns her clothes because she was just sitting still, and then out of nowhere, her, like, um, a thing of Jesus fell. Yeah. And she was like, it's a sign. It's a sign. And then she burned her clothes, walks on nails, et cetera, et cetera. Um, speaks to God. And then we start to see her really fall off the deep end. She's like, <laughs> God is essentially like, hey, man, don't give up yeah. on this soul. Yeah, don't. I know she told you to fuck off, but don't do not do that. Your mission's not over yet. Save basically. her soul against her consent. Yeah, for real. So, and she's yeah. like, what am I, how am I going to know what to do? Yeah. And that's when, whenever anyone asks that, like, it's fucked. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you'll know. You'll, wink. you'll know. And so she starts to transform into. She makes, like, a robe. She turns her bed sheet. Like out of sheets. She turns her sheet into like a big old brown drape, very yep. similar to like G- what you would see Jesus in. She takes her rosary and like wears it, which you're technically not even supposed to do. Okay, I didn't know. It's that. like a thing you're supposed to wrap around your hands or like hang up. Okay, you're yeah. Not technically supposed to wear it. Right. It's like so disrespectful. She, so she's really taking this to heart and really yeah. taking her role seriously. In she life. just like fills her like a bottle of water and says it's like holy water. Yeah, and we start to see her do things with acetone. Yeah, and a hydrogen, big old jug of acetone and uh, hydrogen peroxide. And we're just like, what the and fuck? And for all my chemists out there... That's not a good ex- mix. Extremely flammable. It's me. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> not for long. <laughs> but uh, It's also at this point that Joy shows up. Randomly. No, Randomly. No, 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 Because we have her... You know, that's before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Maud took her mission to heart. Yeah. And Maud pulls up on... Uh, Maud pulls up on Amanda unannounced, like yes. out of nowhere. Like just walks into her home, walks into her room, um, and is like, "We can still save you. I can still save you." And like, and Amanda's a lot more deteriorated she's at this like point. Extra dying. Now. She's like pretty close. She's it's got, unclear how much time has passed. Yeah, it, we're not sure. We're not sure how close she is to her deathbed. You know, if if the context of the if the continuity of the movie is correct it's only been a few days yeah or probably that's a few how it weeks seems in this movie because we don't know that the big jump happens after she slapped her yeah and then she's unemployed we don't know like how much she time got it. a new nurse and everything yeah like that's yeah so eh, well, either way uh she pulls up on she pulls up on amanda and they're talking, and she's like, I can still save you. She, like, straight up breaks into her home. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how she just walked in. Yeah. Um, and she's trying to take this bottle of water and, like, douse her. Like, you bless know. her with it. Yeah, and we see Amanda negatively react she's to st- it. Dude, stop. But, excuse me, I could be wrong. I think there's, like, a, a tss sound. Like, it's burning oh, on her skin. I mean, to be fair... Which, with what happens, which we're about to discuss, would make sense. I could be making that up in my head. I could be modding myself right now. <laughs> um, we, I do want to make sh- make it clear that, like, even though fucking Maud breaks into her home like a lunatic, Amanda still finds it in her heart to be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. I treated you very unkindly. Yeah. No, she and she, she apologizes, and she's like, I'm sorry for what I did. But then Maud is still the way that she is, and she's yeah. like, "No, I was faking. I did not feel God. He's, yeah. He, she straight up says God's not real. Yeah. And that's when Maud's like, "What the fuck? What the fuck? And it's like, "Demon." And then sure enough, Amanda turns into a demon. Yeah, she just fucking her mouth stretches open like, like a fucking monster. For like a minute, this movie's like super scary. Yeah. You're like what the fuck? And. Amanda's now like challenging her and her faith. Well, and she's like laughing at her, like "fuck you for yeah. liking God." Yeah, and it's basically like 
you know. You couldn't save the soul, you fucking failure. You loser. You're never gonna win. Um, and then Maud stabs the fuck out of her. Just grabs some scissors and just right. goes to town. And there was a moment where we saw Amanda's face and it had, like, these red facial markings all, all over it to, like, I guess be significant of the fact that she was possessed, right? Um, but then Maud kills the fuck out of her with these scissors. And those facial markings aren't there. Yeah. So now we're, like, completely on board. Like, okay, Maud lost Maud's it. Maud's just fucking insane. Maud's insane. Maud yeah. is insane. And she just, didn't like, hallucinated this entire interaction. Yeah. Killed Amanda, though. Is that saving a soul? No. No. No, 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 no. Not very good. Well, I guess now the excuse is, oh, well, she was a demon. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and, and we don't see any repercussions for that. Oh, this, no. We're now in, like, the last 20 minutes. Um... We didn't bring it up, but there was a scene with, like, a random caretaker. Her name was Esther. Yeah. Uh, they had, like, a little discussion. Again, it was, like, Maud went out of her way to figure out who Amanda's new caretaker was. Even before this, like, Maud saw that Amanda got a new caretaker and started, like, stalking them. Yeah. Like, they would go to the... She would, like, wheel Amanda out to the beach on her mm-hmm. wheelchair, and Maud would just be like, hmm, yep. what's this all about? So, uh, Maud finally pulls up on the new caretaker and is just trying to, like... Trying to figure out if they have a good relationship or not. Yeah. And then ultimately finds out they do have a good relationship. Yeah. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, we're great. She, we're good pals. Yeah. And she's like, what's your name? And Maul just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> Irish walks out on the conversation. Just Irish exits. And I'm just like, okay. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, regardless now, Joy comes by to visit Maud at her apartment. Uh, this is where we kind of see that nobody really knew Maud. And nobody really knew what was going on in no. Maud's head. Um, she's just like, I'll just stop by for a little bit before work. And Maud, th- this was so. This was interesting to me. Joy won't shut the fuck up. No, she just keeps talking. And Maud doesn't say a word. And she's not like, Hey, you good? <laughs> Maud doesn't say a word, and Joy just keeps saying, finding things to say. Yeah. And like again, we all know Joy. We all know a Joy. Yeah, someone who doesn't really, like, pay fucking attention. Right, somebody that thinks you're their friend, but in all reality, you kind of can't stand them. Yeah. But because you're never outwardly mean to them, they just positively associate you. They just, like, tolerate you. (laughs) Yeah, so, like I said, uh, Joy's just droning on, literally, and then out of nowhere, Maud's like, I know what I must do. (laughs) And she's like... I have to execute my mission now. You gotta go. Yeah. Get gone and get. Uh, but she's like, she says the creepiest fucking thing. What is that? She, she's like, may God, like, may God protect you for the rest of your life or whatever. And I'm just like, oh. Oh. Like, if if I were you, I'd be like, that is concerning, mm-hmm. considering you have a jug of acetone there. Right. Yeah, it doesn't question anything. No. <laughs> I mean, like, Maud's, like, in her underwear the entire time they're Co- talking. In complete silence. Doesn't ask her to, like, doesn't feel uncomfortable is completely cool smoking a cigarette in her yeah. place. It will ask if she wants a ciggy. It's a British man. Just be smoking inside. Uh, Ash is all on the carpet. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and then we get our, we get our martyr scene. Our yeah, true martyr scene. She, She's uh, just walking to the beach in yeah. her robe, in her rosary, and, uh, with her big old jug of chemicals. Ac- acetone, peroxide mix, and uh, just stands in the middle of the beach. Well, it's, it's cool. It's good to see. Well, it's interesting to see that, like, while she's walking to the beach, people are just, like, visibly, like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what is she doing? Like, there are people, like, side-eyeing her. And yeah. Like, oh. But then she starts dumping the liquid on her, and that's when everyone starts freaking out. They're Literally, like, oh, my God. Like, hey, don't do it. Like, stop it. Uh, Somebody stop her. Uh, and she's dumping it all. It's a lot. Um, enough to kill. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, and... 
people are negatively reacting, so you know that this isn't good. No. Uh, she grabs, she has a lighter, lights herself on fire, she is caught aflame. But ignites into like an angel yeah angel wings like sprout from her back the cgi in this movie is not great it's not by any means but it gets the job done yeah it's effective um and everybody drops to their knees they're just like oh oh my god everyone drops and prays almost immediately and they're like our savior kind of thing um and for a moment again you're like wow i guess it was real she really is an angel but then there's like a split second scene of her like burning alive yeah it cuts to black and then it cuts back she's like oh my god and then the movie ends yeah (laughs) yeah no it's like the movie is very much like no she's fucked yeah she's insane and that's maude and that's maude's life and yeah it just ends in hellfire (laughs) (laughs) literally and it's like wow huh how'd you get there yeah (laughs) so i don't know (laughs) it's this movie is very interesting to me because it looks like it like a cautionary tale of someone Mm mm-hmm who turns to religion for like meaning in their life but without any of the positive things that can be brought about through religion yeah. like you know like in like on paper catholicism christianity is all about like hey man be good to people help people being a good christian and like praising god is all about being a good person to the people around you mm-hmm. but with mod it's it, she like doesn't seem to like people at all. Yeah, like antisocial. Well, completely. Not even that. She's just like a fucking dick to people sometimes. There's this line that really stuck out to me at the beginning, where she was like, "Yeah, it doesn't take much to like mop after the the, the, the decrepit and dying. You know that ain't shit. Really, what you have to do is save a soul." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> what you're doing it by helping people who are dying. Right. That's the good thing." Yeah, and so I, I again, religiously, my intelligence is minimal. I'm, I'm familiar with the concept that religion was brought about as a safety net for people who didn't know what else to believe in, right? Uh, before science was big, before we had an explanation for things, religion was the explanation for things. So, you know, if you're religious, I respect it, I get it, don't force it on me. I'm an atheist, very openly. Um, so, even with an atheist lens, I don't reside anymore with Amanda than I do with Maud. Uh, it's very interesting. The again, that article I was uh, citing earlier, very dis, very openly admitted. Like, yes, they're meant to be foils to each other, right? Uh, they're they're meant to challenge each other, um, and everything's intentional, right? Again, we have Amanda, who's uh, was originally going to be a bit older, but in the in the concept of having them actually establish a relationship, uh, was made a bit younger. Uh, excuse me. And it's it's tough, man. It's a tough watch. I gotta say, is, watch, watching is. watching the deterioration is in real time. Yeah, it is a bummer. Like I said, I think it's a good comparison. I forget again where I heard it. I don't remember. I, I think if you're familiar with the Dead Meat YouTube channel, he did a kill count on this movie. Shout I could be wrong. Meat. Shout out Dead Meat. Yo, he liked my tweet. <laughs> I fuck with... We go way back, basically. No big, no, no big deal. His wife replied to my other tweet. Oh, nothing, my God, dude. Nothing, are we going to blow up? Nothing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard of them, obviously go check them out. I think he did an episode on St. Maud. Tell him um, Dan sent you. <laughs> <for> <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I believe it was him. I could be wrong. That basically said this is a case study of somebody. It's like a and character it's a, study a, for It's sure. a character study of Maud. And I think that's a really good comparison because that is pretty much what we watch. We watch the... The deterioration of somebody who just wanted to be a little, a little religious. That's the thing. It's it's like someone who is religious but didn't know how to like share it in a way yeah. that's like positive. 
she's not healthily religious. No, like it's very much like even when she would share it with Amanda, you know, if some there are people who like talk about religion that can be like cool about it, you know. Yeah, she was very much not that way with no, Amanda. Not at all. <laughs> as soon as she was like given an opening to talk about her religion, it was immediately like fucking boom, force it down Amanda. Exactly, and even then. Even with that, America, Amanda was, like, kind of respectful about it. Yeah. It was, like... It wasn't until she started playing games that I was, like, okay, Amanda, you yeah. lost me. That's yeah. where I, I kind of, like, lose no, yeah. interest in her character. It's just, like, I don't know. It was much more about Maud kind of, like, dominating and, mm-hmm. like, beating Amanda over the head with her, relig- re- with her religion mm-hmm. rather than it being, like, a conversation. Yeah. It's something. Uh, it, it's... What do I want to say? I don't know. It's hard to compare it to anything specifically. Yeah. Other than, like... I've never seen a movie like this. And I've never seen it. Somebody in real life act like this religiously. Like, I, I work I work somewhere where the religious folk are prevalent. Yeah. And I've had plenty of people talk to me about religion. And, my, like, I... My name is Daniel. It's a religious name. Um, not the reason my mom gave me the name. <laughs> but it does have religious meaning. And people try to tell me Daniel's story all the time. And I'm just like, bro... I'm go, go go ahead. Like your total is nineteen seventy four. Keep <laughs> keep it, like keep it moving. Okay, I got customers, you know. So again, it just really shows what goes wrong with religion in the wrong person's hands, yeah. and we see it all the time. You know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of bullshit that's religiously motivated for one reason or another, and yeah. that's why I don't fuck with it it's, in general. Yeah, it's weird. Fucking. The way Maude expresses her religion, it's almost the way people did that shit like 400 years ago. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, I sinned, time to give myself like 40 lashes for yeah, God. Yeah, honestly, that pretty much basically when they were trying to like spread Christianity. This it's is kind like, of like how it, they did it. It's like Roman Catholic shit, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> it's pretty intense, but uh, <laughs> out of six, what are we saying? Out of six? Out of six. It's weird. Because like, it's not a scary movie. Not really, no. It is I, an upsetting movie. I'll call it horror adjacent. We've had, like, two of those now. Both of the ones we've done? Yeah. <laughs> we'll do something really scary one of these days, I promise. One of these days? Oh. Uh, out of six. It's weird. I think I'd give it a five. Wow. Just an easy five. Ooh. Because, like, it's a very thought-provoking movie. You know? I watched it, and, like, it never really left my mind. And I watched this shit, like, nearly... That's what I'm saying. Like, right. I watched this shit on, like, Monday. So, like we said, originally, uh, this movie was meant to come out... I remember seeing the trailer in 2019, was slated to come out in 2020, and then it never came out, and I was like, what happened to that movie? Like, even that trailer sat rent-free in my head for two years, and I was like, I've got to watch this movie, like, at some point. And then Dead Meat put out the kill count, or I watched a video on it somewhere, and I was like, man, I've really got to watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, and now I've watched the movie twice in the past two days because I gave it a I gave it a like a legitimate watch with no worry about notes and then I did my rewatch today to take notes um and yeah it really sticks with you because again you just like I don't know there's like a part of you that wants more yeah out of Maud as a character like you want to see more from her Maud is like kind of paper thin and it for a, for a different movie that would be a bad thing mm-hmm. but I don't know it's like you're given enough of her backstory yeah, to like, understand everything, but you still want more. Exactly. Like, yes, we get why you turn to Christianity, but why? You know, like, and even then we know why. Yeah. But like, why? But like, you just want more. Answers. I just want to see it. Right. I need. I want to. I want more. Like again, this movie's only eighty minutes, and again, I love ninety-minute movies. Yeah. I honestly think 
I'd, I'd go for 10 more minutes of this movie. Yeah. Even just, like, a 10-minute scene of, like, backstory, I think I'd really like. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. I just want more of Maud for some reason. I guess that's, like, a testament to how good of a director Rose Glass is. Oh, no. Rose Glass hit it out the park. Because, like, goddamn, girl, I need more. Yeah. No, I like I said, I want more of Maud. I think Amanda's wrapped up really well yeah. as a character. Unfortunately. Um, Fortunately stabbed to death. And, again, she doesn't really do too much. Like, again, very small amount of characters. And she does just enough with other characters where they're important, but you're not like, okay, but what yes. are they doing at this moment, you yeah. know? Um, even that one scene with Esther opened and closed so quickly yeah. in that scene, and you're like, shit, okay, perfect, you know? It's all so well done. Her characters are so well written. I want so much more out of Maud as a person. Um, I want to I wanna know more so why she is the way she is. I want to see what she was like before this, you know, all of that. Um, if you're giving it a five, shit. Uh, again, I try, I'm trying to, I like, as we're rating these movies, I'm trying to rate them all in context with each other. True. Uh, this is probably, I want to say, the tightest one we've done, the best one, maybe. Man. And I really like Possessor, you know that. Right. And it's, it's just such a tough movie. It is. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. Because I still really like it. I do think of our four movies, it is my favorite thus far. Yeah, of the four that we've done, or of the four that's been on the show so far, this is probably the one that I would immediately watch again. Yep. Possessor, like, I watched it. I had to give it a year before I watched it again. <laughs> With this one, I can't, I want to watch it again to see if I yeah, get anything new out Yeah, I want to see if I can look out for smaller details that make sense or something. So yeah. I'm going to give it a four and a half. I think that puts it at my number one. I think Malig- yeah. I think Malignant's number two with a four. I mean, with a cinematic masterpiece like Malignant. <laughs> that's high praise. Uh, but when we get to Ghost Ship. Oh, fuck me when we get to Ghost Ship. Six out of six, for sure. Masterpiece. Um, so... Just to, you know how we wrap these things up. Yeah. Uh, next week, we are doing our first fan submission. Uh-huh. Again, like I said last week, uh, we're doing Dark Floor, Dark Floors. Uh, again, suggested by Chelsea. Appreciate it. Um, Shout out, Chelsea. Ch- miss you. Uh, next John episode. So Ooh. two weeks from now, we have another viewer submission. Yes, listener do. submission. Uh, this one comes in from Gregory. Thank you. He said, you guys should definitely check out Titane, directed by Julia Ducorno. It's weird as hell, man. Uh, I'm not going to read all of your email. <laughs> There's so, a part in there where I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh, it looks like a little spoiler, so I'll keep that out. Yeah. Um, Shout out to the Greg, though. So we'll be viewing that in two weeks' time. Um, and he also said, P.S., more Cronenberg movies when? Question mark. Hey, man. We'll see, man. I'd love to do the, th- uh, the thing, yeah? Oh, I the love thing? No, that's not Cronenberg. That's, uh... Am I dumb? The Fly, you mean. Oh, whoops. The Fly. Dude, that movie's disgusting. Who did The Thing, then? The Thing is, uh... What's his name? Fucking John Carpenter. Oh, you're right. I'm a- oh, you're right. It literally says John Carpenter. The, the thing. thing. Am I a bit of a dummy? Yes. Dude, be gentle. All, all the all the body horror makes me think it's Cronenberg by default. I mean, he he's the OG, so I don't blame uh, you. But you're right. He did the fly, which also is another good one. Big Cronenbeezy. Uh, I think that's gonna. And then we're gonna. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to put out a Nope review. We're I'm, working on it. I've already seen Nope twice in theaters. I'm now. watching it tomorrow. Uh, it fucks so hard it's dude, it's a dude, really don't give it away so fast uh it's just it's a really good movie if you guys are on the fence about nope go watch nope 
if you want some more fuel to the fire to go watch nope jake paul specifically tweeted that he didn't understand it and and is openly mocked in the movie you need to watch the movie (laughs) not him person not like him directly but like his genre of his, person. his type of a person is mocked directly in the movie go watch the movie because if that. you want to feel smarter than jake paul which i do already um go watch the movie With that being said uh dark floor and then titane 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 i hope we're saying that right and then three weeks out will be another gavin review i don't think we have a movie lined up yet i could be wrong i might have i'll have to talk to him about it um but i think that's gonna do it you know the vibe. Five stars. Five stars. Reviews. Reviews. Let us feed our children. Share it with your friends. Talk about us. Shout out to the one person in Australia listening to us. Yeah, he was looking at some stats. Apparently we got an Australian listener. I'm not going to offend you. Yeah, I will do everything I can <laughs> to not drop to an, please you. It's taking everything in me to not drop a good day mate in an actual <laughs> Australian accent right now. Dude, um, if I was a worse person, I'd be doing Crocodile Dundee all show. <laughs> If we were the worst people, we would have talked in a British accent yeah. the entire episode. Yeah, uh, we lost them already. We know better. We lost the British. Nobody's listening now, so okay. <laughs> this is the this is the least engaged section of any episode. Five stars. Review us. You know the drill. Uh, Fuck with you, boys. Let us feed ourselves and Please. our families. Please, God. Well, just Teddy. I really just need to feed Teddy. Yeah, my my dog needs <laughs> expensive food, man. Uh. What is this? This is our fourth episode. We've been doing this for a month already. Yeah. So that's man. pretty sick. That's pretty great. This we'll, get, we'll get into social media eventually. We'll give it a couple months. Yeah. Give it a, get, get some more consistency. Listen to it. You know, let's get enough people to give a shit. Yeah, get a lot more consistent listeners. But I think we've been rambling on long enough. Yeah. We still don't really know how to outro, which is no. kind of the issue, which we also don't even know how to intro. We'll get there. We'll get there, man. Stick with us, we please. Be talking. <laughs> we, we, we do be talking. We do be talking. Um goodbye episode four that's a wrap